1: Hello and welcome back to the Cloud Blue Podcast. Your eyes do not deceive you. It's only me for today's post-match show after Aston Villa's 3-2 win over Luton Town on Saturday night. We wanted to record a post-match show yesterday, obviously. Um, If you follow Dan on Twitter, then you'll know that he has just moved house and Virgin Media have um, screwed him over. They haven't installed their Wi-Fi, his Wi-Fi, sorry, yet, meaning that we couldn't bring you a post-match show yesterday but I thought well after another Aston Villa win we have to talk about it for at least 20 minutes so yeah here I am on my own so hopefully this doesn't go uh, too badly wrong Villa's 17th win of the season which is it's just remarkable at this stage of the campaign Villa can theoretically just I mean they're not going to just pick and choose victories We want to win every game every remaining uh match that we have this season. Hopefully our season won't end until late May in Athens. But in terms of the Premier League, we have 11 games left now. And, you know, if if we win five, we're definitely going to be finishing the top five, where it's top four, we'll get onto that later. Um, But anyway, permutations, that can rest till later. But I've been looking at them um, for quite some time. So that's the first thing that's come into my head. Um, But we'll start with, I suppose, the first half from yesterday. I mean, I think, to be honest, it's probably worth saying from the top it doesn't really matter how villa are going to get their wins in the remaining what are we less than 3 months of the season now um it's all about getting over the line whether you are going for the title as we saw Liverpool winning late at forest yesterday as well um whether you're scrapping against relegation like Luton are like forest Everton are, Everton other teams as well or you go for Champions League got like villa and tottenham man united you have to put in that conversation at the moment I mean, they play obviously Man City later, and we will, you know, get on to that again later in my little mini show here. But um, yeah, I don't want to kind of jinx anything to do to do with them because we know we've been scarred by them previously, um, and it could happen again. You never know. But Villa are in a really good position right now. Three wins in a row, um, three wins, three away wins. Sorry, in a row as well for the first time in thirteen months started really well against Luton. They were totally dominant, Villa, in the first half. At halftime, actually, I, when I went to get my, um, my halftime pie, I was speaking to some of the Luton Town media team and they were saying this is probably the best footballing team that we've come up against this season, which, you know, I, Villa are fourth, but I think for some of us fans, especially me, I think it's still getting used to Villa are bloody good. You know, and hearing those things, to, even from where we came from, you know, Two years ago, even a year ago, Villa weren't um, nailed on to be getting Europe at all. You know, we had to put in a certain amount of wins to um, try and get near the top seven, really. We were around 10th for a long time and look where we are now. We are, again, I'll talk about the second half later on, but let's just focus on the big positives of the first half so far. Villa were, they were in total control. It was the perfect away performance in the first half. Um, Similar, very similar, in fact, to the United game and, as we'll get on to, it was similar to the defeat at Old Trafford in some ways. Of course, we won this time, um, but there was no moment again like the United game where I, I felt threatened by Luton, and that was full credit to Villa. L- again, people I was speaking to at half time they did mention that you know going toe to toe uh, with City. Sorry, um, that might have played a factor as well, but I don't know. I just think Villa played very well. Everything Emery warned against in the first half, of Villa. Um, kind of mitigated I think there was probably one attempt on it wasn't even on target one attempt from Luton which was Andres Townsend's header I think which went over the bar maybe there was something in additional time as well I think Ross Barker had a free kick as well obviously got blocked by the, uh, by the Villa wall but Villa weren't under threat and they were full value for their 2-0 lead they probably should have had more Ollie Watkins of course um, I'll speak about him soon but just tremendous phenomenal player at halftime as well mentioning to the reporters near me you know because we were joking about you know how does harry kane get in the england team for the Euros? it kind of made me think well actually he's playing not playing like kane in terms of kane dropping deep and trying to link play like that but his impact is like harry kane is like a top forward but then well he is a top forward now because he's having this impact in games throughout the course of the season he is one of the best strikers in europe hands down 100 he's the second best striker in the premier league I'm not saying he's going to get to Harland's level but he's he's even closed that gap But there's still a gap of course but he's closing that gap even because he's getting even better um, just remarkable the impact he's having because he's scoring goals yes but he's getting chances he doesn't take every chance because if he did he'd be scoring four goals a game but he's a constant nuisance and it he must be a nightmare to play against he always, he always was sorry a nightmare to play against in my opinion I mean I had, <laughs> luckily I don't have to play against him but My point being that he's always um, harrying defences, rushing them in possession. Uh, He's always on the shoulder as well. He he never had the movement, you know, because he was never coached by Emery before, um, to this level even. But he always had the attributes to become this player and Emery has just taken him on to a whole nother level. And it's scary because, again, in the last few weeks, I've seen evidence that he can actually get better still, which is, is say, it's um, very good news for Villa. But, yeah, Watkins, two goals, uh, takes his talent to 16 now, so four goals away from getting 20 in a league campaign for Villa. Just, yeah, sensational. He is the difference maker now, and he is inevitably going to break Villa's all-time uh, Premier League goal-scoring record held by Gabby Bonlo. Um, Directly involved in 26 league goals as well this season, which is the outright most of any player in the competition. I saw a couple of uh, Twitter videos and whatnot from um, was it a Saturday social clip. And yeah, I don't think Watkins featured in their top 10 or top 20 players of the season. <laughs> I shouldn't have even brought that up because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about Villa, uh, what they're doing this season, what they could achieve, all the players that we have. But it's just remarkable how we can still go under the radar like that, or our players can still go under the radar like that. We have one of the best strikes in the world of football. We have one of the best midfielders in the Premier League in Luiz, uh, centre-backs in Torres, concert Martinez, who isn't, you know, so much under the radar, but won't get the credit. I don't think he deserves, I want to say not from Villa fans, but even in the second half when he was relieving so much pressure, I thought, you know, there aren't many goalkeepers who would catch the ball and relieve this pressure off this Villa defence um, as many times as what Martinez has in the game. And again, you know, the end of the season it'll be Watkins it'll be Bailey it'll be these players who are up for um kind of all the credit but we'll sit back and think actually Martin has probably saved us between this amount of points um and this amount of points so yeah fantastic goalkeeper I could go from one to eleven um I could go from back to front in the team and pick out you know more key performers um but yeah just specifically in that first half Watkins of course excellent Douglas Lewis as well really good thinking quick thinking to put Watkins away for the uh, second goal for cash did well um he had the kind of an unenviable env- an task of dealing with Doughty Ogbene and Chong all on that <clears throat> all on that left side they combined very well and they combined very well in other games as well um they combined very well on that left side i think Ogbene moved over to the right to Alex Moreno which causes problems um kind of spoke volume spoke volume sorry of cashs good performance in the uh, first half uh concert again you know excellent fits into the center back role. he didn't misplace a single pass yesterday which is again remarkable um in midfield I thought John McGinn did well in the first half so it was I remember I walked up the steps um to take a look at the pitch have a look around the stadium obviously never been to Kenilworth Road. Um, before and straight away I thought John McGinn's going to like this game because it was I don't think it's as tight a pitch as what people make it out to be from being totally honest but it it, it was the kind of the environment and I was like okay John McGinn will relish this Um, and he did especially in the first half again I'll move on to it soon but the second half lacked control and that obviously had an impact across the team but yeah, Villa were totally dominant in the first half. It was an excellent performance. As I say, the people I was speaking to half-time said, this is probably the best footballing team that we've come up against. Um, they said as well that no one has controlled Luton like this uh, at Kenilworth Road at all this season and limited them to so many chances. As, as I said, they they barely had a sniff and it was all Villa. It could have been more goals. Um, but we go into half-time and I didn't expect Luton to come out and do what they did i thought they'd be you know um more aggressive and they'd be uh more dangerous i suppose because in the first half say villa controlled them and contained them so well um but i didn't expect villa to manage the game so poorly as what they did and that is an issue because as i said we've seen this now against man united um we've seen villa lack that control in, in second half in the second half of games uh, similar to united and Luton without conceding as many goals as they did in those games um but it is something i'm worried about to an extent
0: why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zipline through the jungle you don't just go somewhere new you repel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
1: I mentioned earlier, teams are now scrapping for points. Teams like Forest, who, again, we didn't manage the game particularly well against uh, the previous weekend. Teams like Luton. At this point in the season, as Villa know from previous campaigns, teams start picking up points where you do not expect them to. And I I believe Tottenham play Forest and Luton. But I think they're both at home, which obviously helps them. Um, But there will be gains now towards the end of the season where those teams pick up points where you don't expect them to. So I think it's huge for Villa that they've um, kind of avoided that kind of banana skin. United were lucky to as well. At um, Kenilworth kind of Road last month, you know, to the point where in the first half they got two dodgy goals, um, which gave them really good, you know, kind of head start as such. Luton then came back in the game pretty much straight away. And United did have chances after that, but they didn't control the game as well as as what Villa did, at least for the first, you know, 50 to 55, 60 minutes of the game, that sort of thing. The point I'm trying to make here is that towards the back end of the season, I don't think Villa are playing many teams who are scrapping at the moment. You know, Sheffield United and Burnley, for me, are as good as gone, if not gone, um, by the next few weeks. (laughs) I don't know where they are in the table. For me, uh, you know, Burnley, Sheffield United are as good as gone. Villa have obviously played them twice, it doesn't really matter. I think Tottenham played them uh, last two games of the season, Burnley and Sheffield United. So that's probably six points uh, for Tottenham there. But Villa have played Everton home and away. They've played uh, Luton home and away now. They've played um, Nightmare Forest home and away. And I, I don't think there'll be too many other teams in the relegation scrap, for being totally honest. I think you've got Brentford, you've got Palace. Um, but I expect those teams to be okay. I think they'll pick up enough points. But yeah, Luton, Everton and Forest especially, they will be scrapping now and they'll be, you know, fighting tooth and nail. And you know, if Villa were to have drawn yesterday, it would have been gutting because we were 2-0 up and we didn't manage the game well. But as I say, you can't take any game for granted now towards the end of the season. So that's why it's so important just to get over the line. Um But that doesn't take away that Villa was still um, poor in the second half. They didn't manage the game well, as I say. Luton are especially good at set pieces. I don't know exactly what the statistic is, but it's something remarkable. Like Half of the goals have come from uh, set pieces, not directly, but from second balls, uh, set set piece routines, from uh, corners, free kicks, even throw-ins, that sort of thing. And it's second balls because they usually win the first one as well. Um, So basically routines. They know what they're doing. And uh, fair play to Rob Edwards. This is a team who are, you know, littered with championship players, with all due respect, that, you know, that is their um, level. But as a collective, they are showing that they can be a Premier League team and they will compete. And as I mentioned earlier, Emery warned against them, you know, staying in games throughout throughout the period of 90 minutes and that's what they did against uh, Newcastle United Newcastle United Newcastle and United other teams as well um, they were a match for Liverpool up until what 60 minutes or so City they got thumped uh, in the cup but they were still on the front foot trying to score goals so Villa they had to control the game in the first half and then you know mitigate everything that they were doing in the first half in the second half as well it was never going to be an easy second period and as we found out uh, it wasn't to be you know a smooth ride at all um villa were giving away too many free kicks too many corners they were conceding too much territory in their own uh, in their own half as well so i think while villa's you know you could criticize them from a defensive point of view from those set pieces etc but actually, just think the game management was to blame in this situation because even if, you know, Luton had half the free kicks they had or half the corners, they probably don't score twice or even once. To be honest, because yeah, if you're going to keep giving them those opportunities, they will score. Um, so that for me was the uh, the kind of reason why Villa was so poor because so they, they lost all control pretty much. Um, and speaking to Ian Taylor after the game, he mentioned that. You know, yes, you can blame, um, you know, Villa defensively, but at the same time, there aren't many players there who can compete with these Luton players in the box because, I mean, I totally agree. Concert can win his headers, Watkins can as well. He's got a very good jump on him, but, you know, you're looking at those two and maybe Longley, but there's not a lot else who are going to, you know, stand up. Um, and battle in the air and who are above six foot, ultimately. So these Luton players knew that they would have an advantage if they could, you know, hurl some balls in the box. And again, this isn't to kind of discredit what Luton were doing in the game because it sounds quite negative, kind of just talking about the set pieces. But this is how they play their football and they've changed over the last few weeks because what they do now, instead of kind of respecting the opposition a bit more and playing a bit more defensive, they are more on the front foot, which gave Villa a kind of leg up, I suppose, in the first half because they were pushing on to pushing on to them and they'd be playing these direct balls and basically trying to win knockdowns and second balls and uh, kind of applying pressure in the final third. That was the game. But that's why I also thought Villa would come here and win because um, it was a case of, well, if they can get out of that press when they're, when they're trying to suffocate the likes of Douglas Luiz, etc., they can play one two three and then bang, you know, Watkins is in on goal. And that happened a few times. Again, it should have been more in the first half. But in the second half, that changed because Villa were were poor and I felt like they were probably playing for the counter-attack as well. There was that one chance that Watkins had when he was played um, in on goal. I think he cut inside, but there was a time effort. If that goes in, game's done, then and Villa would be praised for kind of soaking up pressure and then hitting them on the counter. And that was the game plan, I think. Of course, we wanted more control than what we did. But I think we were happy to, you know, kind of get through it. And that wasn't, you know, to be the case because Lewin have got some experts from... Uh, set pieces and they're always going to cause those problems and we invited too much pressure I think is the key point here um, but of course it wouldn't be a repeat of the United collapse weirdly I don't know how to quite put this but I didn't want Villa to concede the equaliser of course I didn't but a part of me thought you know what if Villa do concede an equaliser they've got a better chance of winning the game even though they were winning at the time if that makes sense because I can't quite remember what minute uh, Carl Morris scored 72nd minute, something like that. But Villa had a good 15, 20 minutes to find a winner at that point, and of course the game would then be more open. It would be, you know, in Villa's favour to then find a winner because at this point, when uh, Luton were um, or had a, uh, sorry, when Luton had half the deficit, and it was two-one, Villa couldn't get out, and they were struggling. They were on the back foot, and it was basically inevitable that they were going to concede that equaliser. And when it came, I just thought, well, okay. Let's see what you've got. And I believe John McGinn had an effort clear off the line, I think, when it was too old at Old Trafford, which would have made it 3-2 to Villa. I think it came at that point always to make it 3-1. can't quite remember. But, um, yeah, the point being Villa were then allowed to kind of push on Luton again because Luton thought, OK, well, we've got a draw. We're not going to go as gunko as what we were. And I think that helped Villa. And obviously, they got the goal. I thought, <laughs> to be fair, Villa would then control and make more chances before Luca Dean scored in the end it turned out to basically be one opportunity and they took it it was obviously two of Emery's subs as well Diaby and luca Dean combining and that's now 11 points that Villa have won from the 80 from from goals from the 85th minute onwards in in uh, league matches this season 11 points that's the difference between being where United are and where Villa are now and maybe they, that says a lot about the different mentalities of the two teams. I don't know. Maybe there's an argument to be made that the top teams always find a way. And that's exactly what Villa did yesterday to put another huge um, three points on the board. So, um, yeah, a fantastic victory and one that has opened the Villa's gap, I suppose, to United to another uh, three points. So 11 points at the moment. Again, at the time of recording this, United haven't kicked off against City yet. Most people, you know, I'm sure we'll expect City to beat United. I don't think it'll be a convincing scoreline. I hope it is. Um, But I'm never going to rule United out in this race for top four, top five. I'm just not because I I can't can't tempt the the footballing gods because we know what happens next. Um, But Villa are now getting to the situation where it is, I know this might sound a bit kind of overdue, but it's in their hands now to the point where they can win, you know, five of their next 11 and basically confirm at least fifth. Of course, if they beat Tottenham next week, then that will be, you know, a huge shot in their arm to, you know, getting fourth. But I think there's a long way to go in the race for fourth, even if Villa were to win I've said before, Villa, um, as, as we know, sorry, Villa go to City, they go to Arsenal, they host Liverpool, they go to Brighton, they play Wolves, they go to West Ham. I, I do think Villa's run is very difficult. Um, not to say that Tottenham's isn't challenging as well. And I think they they will drop points too, as I say, home to Luton, home to Forest. Those aren't bankers. They play Liverpool, they play Arsenal, they play City, they play um of the top team as well. Can't quite remember who the other team is. Thinking off the top of my head now. Um, Villa, of course, as well. Um, they go to Chelsea too, which, you know, has never been easy for them. So the run-ins are difficult for all three teams. Um, but as I say, Villa and now the situation where if they win five of their last 11, so their five home games before they play uh, Liverpool at home. So that would be Tottenham, Chelsea, Wolves, Bournemouth, And Brentford, if they can win those five games, they'll be on 70 points. That's obviously taking away all of the away games, which I don't think Villa will lose all of them. Uh, In fact, I I know they won't. So, yeah, that would give Villa basically a huge opportunity to finish fourth. Uh, And it basically rules United out of getting top five because then United would then have to win nine of their last 11 if they lose to City for them to get 71 points. Because at the moment, as I say, it's 11 points, but it's basically 12 because... Villa's far superior goal difference on uh, Man United. And fifth place, you know, is looking likely still to get Champions League at the moment. That is obviously dependent on what English clubs do in their um, respective European competitions. But, you know, barring a kind of a catastrophic um, knockout phase for uh, City, Arsenal, Liverpool, West Ham, Brighton and Villa, um, then you'd like to think that fifth place would get you know an extra ticket for the champions league ahead of the bundesliga for example who only have a few teams left in uh, the competition and the likes of freiburg even by munich to be honest they shouldn't be going far in a uh, champions league and freiburg in the Europa league so yeah a long way to go still <clears throat> but villa are now at the point in which as I say they can again they, they're not going to pick and choose where they get their wins but we now know what we need to do to achieve it it's in our hands. We know that five wins is going to basically secure it um, pretty much. And, you know, a couple of draws here and there. Fantastic job done. Champions League football comes back to Villa. The only, I suppose, blot on the um, on the win was uh, Jacob Ramsey coming off a foot injury. Again, he'll get that scanned today. They'll know the results, um, you know, by this afternoon, whatever it may be. Whether it's related to his previous injury, I'm not totally sure, but... Obviously, it's far from ideal, and um, he wanted to continue. He had to come off. You know, he kind of he didn't limp off off the pitch uh, in terms of around the perimeter, um, but you know, it's uh, it's a sad situation because he's been excellent, I think, in the last few weeks, and he he's got back up to fitness. He's regained his confidence after quite a few games, I think. You know, I didn't expect him to come back, you know, with a bang straight away. Um, but it took him a little bit of time to uh, kind of get back in the running of things. I think it was like the Middlesbrough game that he looked a bit more like himself. But then wasn't until really Fulham, I suppose, that, um, or Man United even, that he started to look like the Jacob Ramsey that we had seen last season. Uh, so that's a real shame for him. I don't know where that leaves him in terms of, you know, can he play a part of the next month, season? I, I don't know. It's all speculation at the moment, but it's not good that he's picking up these... You know similar injuries of i presume similar um yeah not a good situation but it opens the door for you know the next man start to step up and that was morgan rogers who actually i thought was excellent in the first half i really did um he played 60 minutes or so came close to scoring you know what would have been a fantastic goal of you know potentially a maybe not a goal of the season contender when john duran exists but um you know, that was going top corner before Thomas Kaminsky tipped the ball over the bar. Really good save. And to be fair, the Luton keeper is a very good goalkeeper, expecting to be in the Premier League or in one of the top divisions if Luton are relegated this season. Performed really well and kept the scoreline down for sure in the um, first half. But yeah, Rogers was really good for me, um, especially in the first period. As, again, the second half was difficult to judge him because Villa managed the game poorly. And I don't think, you know, him playing as a left winger, there's not a whole lot he can do. I mean, yes, maybe he could have committed less fouls. Um, but, you know, he's learning and, um, yeah, completed 100% of his dribbles, um, made two chances in the game. And that beautiful flick is as well, in the second half that nearly uh, created an opportunity to, or did create an opportunity, sorry. I think, I think that was for Watkins. Um, again, but... Yeah, I, you know, you, you impressed me. He came off for uh, tactical reasons, Emery said, after full-time, which is, you know, obviously, I think he played well. Um, but at that point in the game, Villa needed more control. They needed kind of more, I well, wouldn't say necessarily experience, but Emery clearly saw something that he needed to tweak uh, in that moment, which is fine. And he said as well, you know, someone asked him, yeah, how did Rogers take being subbed then? Um, and Emery said, like, very good, like, no issue. It's, you know, this is... a it's it's, a this is a team game there's 11 players on the pitch and what nine substitutes so um yeah there's different ways to win games and doesn't mean that you you can't sub players who have already been subbed leon bailey came off against liverpool after coming on for Diego carlos um i think villa fell behind to suboslay early on didn't they and then carlos came off in like the 11th minute or something uh bailey came on then came off later in the match and that was Arguably the start of Leon Bailey's renaissance for Aston Villa, so it's never a bad thing. Um, if you and I am region manager, when you come off, because it, it's not personal; it's uh, it's a tactical decision, and it's worked before with Bailey. So yeah, there's, there's no issue there. And you know, Rodgers is not the type of player to be, uh, you know, particularly down about that decision or, or whatever it may be. He'll pick himself up, and it'll be fine. So yeah, that was the only kind of blot on the night. Ram's coming off, but ultimately three points in the bag. Again, as I say, Villa can now, kind of look towards. Again, dangerous game. This is not what they'll be doing, but you can now target specific matches and think, well, if they win there, 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 there and there, that's 70 points. And, you know, let's say a couple of draws here and there. Villa don't lose many games this season or haven't lost many games this season, sorry. And have only lost to a handful of teams. Of course, they lost twice to United and Newcastle, which is so frustrating. Um, but it is what it is. It can happen in a campaign. And yeah, you know, going towards the last 11 games of the season now. In fact, I've got some stats here about what Villa have done basically in their um 16 11 game cycles this campaign so they picked up a maximum of 26 points in a, in 11 games so that's from uh, you know game 1 of the season to game 11 or game 2 to game 12 you know that thing that cycle um the lowest was 18 points from 11 games which it, it, if they get 18 points, then they're going to get Champions League or at least top five. Um, their average over 11 games is 22 points, so nearly 23 points actually. So they're well capable of getting 11 points from the last 11 games of the season. Um, and that would crown what would what has been, at least so far, you know, it's a remarkable campaign. You just hope that in the Conference League we can continue to match that. We go to Ajax on Thursday, and myself and Dan will be back on Monday for a Q&A, maybe a couple of other videos as well. Dan has asked me to ask you to leave your uh, comments, your thoughts, anything you like in the comment section for us to answer on tomorrow's episode. Again, apologies for the kind of impromptu podcast. Um, yeah, it's not a whole lot we could have done. And also the pre-match show as well we couldn't do because of Dan's Wi-Fi and because, because I was ill, actually. I was in bed on uh, Friday night. I didn't think I'd be able to get to the on saturday but i was all good in the morning so we'll be back on monday and then it'll be a normal week following then hopefully if dan gets his wi-fi sorted so thanks everyone for watching uh, today's video please leave a like rating and subscribe if you're not already and we'll catch you soon up the villa